Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to Space Floor NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Gillen. And I'm Connor Flannery. And this is our 104th official episode. Today, we're here with two guests, uh, two new members of the Space Floor team. I guess we're their teammates now. Um, C. Flan, why don't you give them a little bit of an introduction? Yeah, so on our revival, the 104th official episode, Connor and I are excited to announce that we're joining up with the 94 Feet Hoops team as a, par- a part of their sort of new media brand and company that, that they're starting. And we're going to be sort of the, the NBA representatives, correspondents, talking hoops as we usually do, but hopefully moving forward with some more guests and some more kind of exciting action. So it won't be just me and Connor quite as often, but we'll hopefully have actually more exciting stuff to talk about. But so I'd like to introduce the, uh, the two guys who are making that happen. First of all, the founder of 94 Feet Hoops, Blake Buchanan. Hey guys, I'm really excited to, to be joining with y'all. Um, I'm Blake. I grew up in Durham. Uh, hoops like was always around basketball. Ended up coming to play three years at Wake Forest. Um, did my graduate year at George Mason. Just completed that. And I'm back down in the North Carolina area. I'm working for the Greensboro Swarm now, more on the business side. Um, but just started 94 Feet Hoops Up as a passion project, really. Um, I mean, we'll get more into it, but I think it's a really cool concept because we don't necessarily specialize in one thing. We're trying to bring training, um, film breakdowns, a podcast to our audience. And we're really excited to continue getting, getting, getting things started and building it up even more. Awesome, man. And uh, just to bring it over to the other guy, the title to be determined, number two, uh, Miles Lester. Uh, yeah, appreciate you guys uh, joining in. Yeah, my name is Miles. I uh, grew up in Wichita, Kansas, so pretty far away from North Carolina. Um, Basketball has kind of taken me all over the world. Went to prep school out in uh, Western Massachusetts. Spent one year at uh, Rice in Texas, and then the last four years at at Wake Forest. So I was, you know, teammates with Blake for a couple years, and then it was last year we had a a really good season. Got to be a part of that. Um, had you know two NBA guys, one first rounder. You know, one was ACC player of the year. So like Blake, you know, basketball has been a part of my my life, you know, since I was a little kid. And, uh, you know, just love, love watching it, love breaking it down. Um, you know, every everything there is with basketball, just enjoy doing that. So this is kind of, you know, Blake and I have been talking about doing this passion project for uh, a while. And we've just, you know, with basketball in school, we've never had the time. So we're uh, we're excited to get it started. Yeah. Thank you guys. And, and I mentioned quickly, like it's sort of a, it's sort of a media company, at least uh, it is on our end, you know, we're, we're representing sort of like keeping, keeping pumping out episodes. We're doing the media kind of side, but what's the vision for, for you guys for 94 feet hoops as it sort of comes together? Like what are the roles that you guys are going to be doing and, and where do you envision this going long-term? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like you talk about the media part. I just see this as a basketball content company. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really focused more on d- training, doing clinics and individual individual training. Because that's what, kind of where my passion's at, not only for the 
teaching the basketball, but for the mentorship aspect. Um, I think relationships are one of the biggest things I got out of basketball. So I want to try to give back and help build those between other people. But we're bringing training. I'll let Miles go into the film section more. And we thought it would be really great to bring a podcast type commentary um, into play as well. And my brother actually knows C Flan and uh, referred us to his podcast. And Miles and I were like, hey, let's find someone who can teach us how to do the podcast ourselves. And I listened to a couple of the episodes and I texted Miles. I was like, dude, these guys are way better than anything we, we can do. <laughs> so I, I, I was like, let's just bring them on and have them run it. Um, and that you guys are more the media side. And basically, is if, like I said, if there's any type of interest you have in basketball, whether it's more active, whether it's more content commentary based, we want to be able to deliver that um, in high quality, interesting content. Uh, well, we really appreciate uh, the, the flattery there, but uh... We, we totally agree. I think it's going to be really cool to have you guys on. Obviously, uh, you guys are going to help us out. Honestly, this is like a really exciting thing for anyone listening. Like, we're probably going to have the Seaflin and I and, and you guys as well. We're going to have the chance to interview guys who won national championships in college, who played in the NBA on NBA rosters like last year, like this past season. Um, it's really going to open up a lot of doors. I think that's why uh, just try to bear with us as we get into the revival stages of this. Um, Miles, can you talk a little bit more about the film aspect? Yeah, um, so that was something that I, I, I've always enjoyed, like, scouting. I mean, I was a scout team guy the, the past, you know, four years, I guess, in my life. And, like, I always would get really into sort of what the other team's doing, like, try and learn all their plays. You know, I'd be calling – Blake Blake knows. I'd call out the <laughs> plays literally all game long. It's like I memorize every team's playbook, essentially. And so – you know, I never had like access to actually watching the videos or stuff like that, you know, because as a player, you're just learning to scout in terms of like film breakdown um, by the coaches. So this summer, like I really got into, you know, actually watching film on my own. I finally got access to a, uh, a platform that allowed me to do that. So that's something, you know, I've been I've been kind of doing more this summer. I've been, you know, throwing some stuff up on Twitter. Like yesterday was uh, Jake Stevens, who played at VMI last year and you know, killed us at Wake. We almost lost to him, but it was like two and a half minutes of him literally just throwing backdoor passes, which was pretty cool to me because, like, he's seven foot. He's just diamond, guys. So that's something as far as just, like, looking at what teams do, looking at, you know, undervalued guys in the NBA side. So one guy that I've been working on is, like, Julian Swarther at uh, Gonzaga. You know, I think he's going to have a really good year in the, uh, the analytics like him a lot. It's like breaking down his film, seeing what he does good. So that's sort of what I'm interested in as far as uh, the film stuff, just teams, players, whatever, whatever I can do to, you know, continue learning the game and post it on Twitter as someone who, you know, has been around an, an ACC program for four years and been playing basketball their whole lives. And it's, you know, seen scouting and seen what some of the best coaches in the country are, are doing in, in terms of on the court stuff. That's awesome. Man. A, I know C-Flan C has like crazy access with the, the Duke video room as well. Um, I was going to say, yeah, like, like having, having spent some time with the, with the Duke team and with the director of scouting analytics, I can say miles is definitely a great Twitter follow and, <laughs> and uh, one of the smartest guys out there to just be giving away uh, the things he's seeing for free. So definitely check him out. And we're lucky to have access to him as a podcast. And just going back to what Blake said, like 
94 feet hoops being a kind of a passion project that the two of you guys as as friends from school started reminds me a lot of the of the space the floor kind of mission so that was just sort of something we've been doing for the last i guess four four and change years now that as as just as just me and connor so i think we're 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 thrilled to be teaming up with the two of you guys as as uh as friends who kind of had this passion project for basketball and i think we're lucky as as guys who never played basketball past high school now to be to be teamed up with guys who who have the college experience and um, and have an eye for higher level basketball, both in the training and film room. So really excited to be teaming up with 94 feet hoops. For real. I uh, also like the specifically like the D1 kind of vibe like that's I feel like people don't understand how like, you know. There, there was a discussion last year where people were saying, yeah, March Madness is great, but it's not as entertaining as the NBA because the average college hoops player is so much less skilled than the average NBA player. And I'm like, like, okay, like, sure. Like people don't understand just how talented the average hoops guy who's getting no run for a D1 team is so much better than like your average, you know, pretty good high school player, right? Just like the guy who is just out of the NBA, uh, just fell out of the NBA, can go to a pro-am, pro-am and drop 70. I'm pretty sure Malachi Flynn did that this summer, right? Um, if you want to talk about, I don't know, any of that, it's okay to say like, hey, I'm good at basketball. Because of course you guys both are, especially not being like, you know, seven footers. To kind of just, I feel like people don't understand the dedication it takes to get to that level, even if you're only going to be averaging, you know, a low amount of points per game for a d1 franchise yeah that's uh that's an interesting point i mean you would see that a lot like i mean i'm 511 not that athletic ah six foot i'll give myself six foot right <laughs> around there but like guys people would always be like wait you're on the basketball team and like we would go i mean we'd go play at the rec sometimes and like just cook cook everyone that we would play against and it's like people don't understand you know, even being one of the worst players on like an ACC team, you're still like such a higher level, better than majority of people in the country. Um, and I mean, we both played at like mid-majors too for for a year. So even like the difference between being able to play at a mid-major and, you know, have, being able to play at a school like Wake, like there's a there's just a huge difference in terms of levels from low major, mid-major, high major, then obviously a difference kind of goes up when you're going from high major to the NBA guys, like you said, you know, there's a lot of NBA guys that could kill a lot of the top tier college guys yet. They're not making the league because at the NBA level, it's a lot about fit. It's a lot about, you know, doing handling yourself the right way off the court. Cause you know, the NBA teams, they have one or two guys that are kind of their bucket getters and their go-to guys. Like no matter what they do, they will have a spot on the roster. But outside of that, like you've got to find your niche on, on what you provide value to a team and you got to not mess up off the court. So there's definitely, you know, they're, it, it's tough because, like, people just see you and they're like, oh, that person's not probably not that good at basketball. Like, oh, like, some people, it's like, oh, their parents paid for them to get on the team. It's like anyone that's either a walk-on or, like, plays at a low major is, like, not, better than 99% of the population at basketball and, like, a lot better. I'd say it's also super transformative in terms of your knowledge of the game. Like, I think back to high school and what I know now, the way I watch the game now is completely different. Like, I think the average basketball fan will watch a game and their eyes are on the ball. And we're, like, looking for who does the defense tag with? Like, 
Who's yeah. gonna make a backdoor cut? Who's gonna make a gut cut? Like we're looking at the game a completely different way. And I think that just keeps going up and up the higher level you get. I would also say, I mean, you mentioned like people that there's a stark difference between the NBA and a college player. And I kind of view it as a reference point type thing. Like, yeah, a billionaire is really what really rich. A guy with a hundred million dollars is pretty rich too, even though he's not as rich as the billionaire. Like there is a big difference, but it doesn't mean there's not a load of talent there. Um, and like, not just the talent with your ba- like basketball skills physically, but from a knowledge standpoint, it's, it's really night and day once you get to the college level. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, we definitely don't get it on that level. I played like, you know, varsity uh, in high school, but nothing past that. And Seaflan, I know you, you played JV with us and then you kind of just became like a space floor NBA head. But now working with uh, in the video room, you'll just be texting me uh, and just talking about like Iverson cuts and like the like elevator screen. I'm like, bro, you are not talking about any of that <laughs> in sophomore year of high school, junior year of high school. Um, no, which it's, is funny. it's true. It's true. No, I, I mean, spending spending, a, a, you know, just one year so far, like kind of around around a D1 program, like I, I get I get what you guys are talking about, that there's there's a different level of, of watching the game when you're surrounded by some of the best coaches in the country. And so both of you guys having spent, I don't know, four, maybe five years. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you, if Blake, like your fifth year was, if George Mason was your fifth year or your fourth year. I did, I did four miles did five. Yeah. Okay. So either way, four or five years of watching basketball that way will, will take you places, you know? So, so we're lucky. We're lucky. Like I said before, to be joined by by people who who watch the game the way the way you guys do, because um, that's something that like we're working on ourselves. But but I think a, one of our strengths is, as space the floor is just like we really like watching basketball and we'll watch a lot of it and we and we'll and we'll sit down and talk about it and we'll dedicate our time to it. But um, but I think the the more that we can learn, the more we can be around people who who understand the game a step like you know one, two, three steps high at like higher level than we do. Like there's, there's a lot that we can learn and, and a lot, a lot of ways that our episodes can improve by being surrounded by that. So excited for what's to come. Yeah. So, well, I, I do want to give you a shout out, man. Like the first episode I listened to, you're talking about uh, like a breakdown of Tyrese Halliburton versus De'Aaron Fox. <laughs> and it was like way beyond my scope of knowledge. So that was pretty incredible. I think just your passion for the game and being around it, absorbing all that information does help you grow as a player. You're like, uh, it's like you're forced to be around it all the time in a good way. Like you choose that lifestyle, but if your true passion is to learn that much, like you can find all the information you need as you guys have exhibited with your podcast as well. Yeah. I mean, I follow a lot of like NBA Twitter people too. Like I doubt they've ever played past college or something like that. Like they, they bring a lot of stuff to the table. Like, I have no idea about basketball, like not as far as X and O's, but just the way they think about, you know, positions like NBA university is one that comes to mind. Like yeah. they have, and then B-ball index, like they have all these position breakdowns, like, you know, helper and stuff like that, as far as defense, like point of attack. And so I think, you know, you don't have to, a lot of people are like, Oh, you had to play the game to be a good coach or to be able to analyze the game. Like, I don't think that's true at all. I mean, playing the game has just helped us, you know, spend, four years past the high school level, five years past the high school level, like being able to be around it all the time and understand it. But like you can watch, watch the game, you know, take courses, be on Twitter. I think Twitter is very helpful resource. I'm on it all the time, but 
you don't have to have played the game past that point to, you know, be a good coach or be able to, to analyze basketball. And you don't have to understand, Hey, this is the exact play they're running to like be able to talk about basketball. Like you can watch a game and understand what's going on without, you know, knowing a huge complex portion of the game and still be able to provide nuanced takes and enjoyable insights. So I don't think there's like a, Hey, this guy played for four years and, you know, knows the game more than this guy. So I don't know. I think that's like something I see on Twitter is like a lot of times former players don't like, don't like to listen to like people that never played. And I think they provide a lot of insight. And, you know, I've, I've learned a ton from people that probably didn't play past the high school level, just being on Twitter, especially in terms of like the NBA game and, and the type of type of playing style there. Yeah. Like respectfully to NBA players, some of them have like terrible takes about basketball. Oh, not, yeah. with, not with respect <laughs> to X's nose, but with respect to certain players. Like I remember like like Mello and Lou Williams and Vince Carter were like gonna be in the all-star game if it was just a player vote, like two years ago or something. Like that's obviously emotion, but even like some of their like rankings or something like uh, that was like that is that is not what I, I would do for uh, that question. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I mean, you're looking at a guy and you're like, oh, he's, uh, you know, he's giving me buckets every once in a while. But then you look and he's like, oh, he's really shooting, you know, 0.7 points per possession from the shots. So like, yeah, he's giving me buckets on some tough moves, but it's actually a really inefficient shots. So like anyone that actually looks at the analytics part of it is like, oh, this is this guy's not that good, which is, you know, what a lot of people on like NBA Twitter are doing that understand the game, whereas players are like, I mean, I've had it happen. I've had dudes that I've been like, oh, this guy's, you know, really, really good. And then I look at his numbers and it's like, eh, he's not that efficient. He's not that good. It's like, it's a lot of eye tests versus actual like numbers and data backing it up. And I think players tend to lean towards the eye tests and like what guys have done against them. Whereas people that, you know, follow the game kind of lean more towards the numbers and use the eye tests as well. But I think that's kind of why you see a lot of, a lot of that happen. I do want to say, I think, I think I'm, ex- I'm excited personally for, for Blake's like player training videos. Cause I think you guys, the sense I get is that you guys will teach the game the right way, the content that you put out, because one thing that frustrates me oftentimes when I watch, I mean, as, as somebody who's not very good at basketball myself, like I probably shouldn't be commenting, but I'm going to anyway. Um, I feel like you oftentimes see videos of like NBA trainers uh, or, 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 you know, or just like basketball trainers in general on Instagram or whatever. And they'll only work on like, on ball like here you're gonna do like two between the leg dribbles and like step back jumper but it's like I think there's so much more to like the fundamentals of basketball how to move without the ball how to like I don't know you mentioned like tagging as as a defender like there's a lot more to do like off the ball backdoor cuts that I think are the kind of things that that you guys pay attention to out of a passion of the game make players better build connections and like play basketball and teach basketball the right way as opposed to just get clicks like put together a video of a guy training that like looks good on his summer highlight reel you know what I mean like here's Giannis hitting 10 threes in a row in, the, in a row from like the corner like realistically that's not most of the work he's going to do this summer so I think that I think that you guys have it um I don't know are, are in the right kind of mentality and and that makes me excited to see the kind of stuff that that you're going to put out and that we're going to put out together uh yeah it's not it's not breaking news to anyone but like you'll see some of these training videos. And I'm like, you are never going to use that move in the game. Like, what's <laughs> yeah. the point of working on it? But I mean, yeah, that's right. At I, Wake, I, I mean, we spent four years at Wake. I don't think 
we ever worked on a, a step back jumper in any individual workouts. Like it's all yeah. playing off two feet, finishing at the rim against contact. Where yeah, I'm a big two foot guy. I'm, I'm a big play. dude. I am a huge yeah. two foot guy. <laughs> at the NBA though, it, at the NBA it's a little different because guys like a guy like Josh Giddy, um, like he can make a really good pass off one foot. You know, like a corner skip pass or opposite wing skip pass. Whereas at the college level, guys just aren't talented enough a lot of times. So playing off two feet. You know, Villanova's won a lot of games doing that. We won 25 games last year, and it was the first time any team that I've been on has taught, you know, really taught being on playing off two feet. But so that's like one thing I believe in is is important. But just stuff like that, like we're not working on step backs. We never worked on a step back jumper, even though I personally like to shoot those. But uh, you know, we're not working on seven dribbles into a a shot like every one-on-one thing we play is three dribbles max like that's how many dribbles you need to get in the game honestly you should be taking less if you catch if you're around the three-point lights should be one or two dribbles if you can't create an advantage like swing the ball um so that's a lot of stuff that like we're kind of thinking about i know blake's taking that up but obviously like i'll help out a little bit but in terms like how i view the game you know i think there's just a lot of like bs drills that people do that sometimes works at the NBA level, but like guys are not doing that a majority of time, especially at the younger ages. I know I trained this summer, a lot of kids and it was pretty much all, you know, short range, one-handed form shots, uh, basic dribbling, two feet, you know, layup package stuff. Like I, I didn't even, ra- I rarely even had them shoot threes because I didn't think they were good enough to shoot threes yet. It's like, you got to build that base of fundamentals before you start adding stuff into the game and, as you get better and as you continue to improve those initial things and, you know, you can add, add more layers to your game. That's why you see NBA guys able to do a lot of that stuff. Cause they've already added all the basic fundamentals. Whereas younger guys haven't yet. Two quick anecdotes. One last week, uh, I was playing one-on-one with, uh, with me and Connor's best friend, uh, like Andrew Gallup, who is also like, like a varsity captain. And even a year out of high school, none of us are, playing basketball in college we still did one we were like bro we haven't played forever let's play let's play one-on-one we played we played four dribble max just to, to like what, like what, what are we training for but we played four dribble max that was really fun and two uh i don't know if you've ever heard of point guard college um yeah yeah awesome, awesome basketball camp i've been huge proponent of it that was the one thing i would always take from it always go off of two feet helps you take more contact be patient uh you can fake a lot more and draw more contact, draw more fouls. Um, yeah. Dude, that, that made me happy that you're like saying exactly like general philosophy. That's why I needed to do a Villanova breakdown of them playing off two feet, but there's so much on there on Twitter already. Like, I don't know where I could add value. Um, like I saw something the other day. Um, I don't remember who posted it, but it was all the weak side action they have going on when they do like their two feet post-up stuff. They were getting a lot of, you know, good looks because they're, send like an exit screen weak side and kicking it out because guys are helping on the post up. So they do a lot of cool stuff. If some Villanova guys ever start a podcast, it has to be called the playoff two podcast. <laughs> like, two feet hoops, two feet. There's hoops. some free consulting for any ex Villanova players right there. <laughs> Colin Gillespie. It's, it's your time to shine. Oh my God. That, that guy was murdering. I go to Georgetown. That guy was murdering us this year. Yeah, I was at the game. Yeah. Um, speaking of just like college guys, I'm curious, uh, you know, like I, I went to like the AAU stuff growing up and like high school uh, and even in middle school, like the most talented player you've ever like kind of shared the court with either like played against probably like I, 
I've been at camps with Amoni Dates and uh, Kyle Cuff, who's on Kansas, yeah. uh, and Rowan Brumball, uh, who's at who just committed to Texas. Who who's like the the guy or two guys that stand out? I was like, bro, that guy was just like different. Either at the time or he just like grew into something different. Because like when I was playing with like Rowan and Kyle, like they were just like eighth graders, ninth graders. But who is who were like people that kind of stand out to you? Uh, Michael Porter Jr. That's definitely one. Um, and Jason Tatum, both of them like similar players, but played against both of them. And like, I actually was on the same AAU team as Michael Porter, but I was like a year younger or on the second team. I don't remember, but I didn't play with him, but like was in the same practice stuff as him. Like both of them were similar guys at that age. Cause I played against both of them probably like late middle school where I, they were just, you know, taller than everyone already were super skilled, could shoot threes, which at that age, like guys don't really hit those shots consistently. Um, I mean, they were obviously weren't like six, nine, six, six, ten yet, but they were just taller than everyone and doing, you know, all the things that guys normally that, that size can't do. And then I played with Winnie and Gabriel at high school. Um, he was obviously really good. Uh, he's, he's with the Lakers now. And then at wake, I mean, Alondis Williams was probably the best player, like, we play I played with during those four years he's he's the best passer I've ever seen he's like six five can get to the rim at will so he was really fun to to play with um and I mean we played we obviously played Duke every year and they always had you know a top three pick guy on their team I'd say Paulo because Zion was hurt when we played him um I'd say Paulo was probably the best guy I mean I I thought he should go number one from from the start I loved his game you know there's not a lot of like six nine guys that can beat you off the dribble that are really strong and built like he is. I mean, he could be 6'10", but I'd say Paul is probably the best guy that we played against while I was at Wake. I like him. I think he's going to be really good in the NBA. He can pass, too. Like, he can create for others, and he can get to the rim, and he can shoot a little bit. Gotcha. Man, that's a tough question because it's, like, information overload. I'm trying to think of every game <laughs> I've ever played. Um, I mean, real two, two, two guys I played with real quick, I grew up playing – um, with Jay Huff, who like started going to camp together when I was like six and played high school together. Um, and he's like, I just never growing up, never seen someone so tall, so skilled, who also got that dog in him. And um, Trey Murphy, I played AAU with all throughout middle school. And he's, I mean, he like really shot up in college. Um, but yeah. just to see where his final product is now, not final product, but like where he is now. And where he's going, I think he's got a really bright future. I mean, I don't know. College is like it's kind of a pick of the litter between any of the two guys we played. Played Kansas this past year. Um, Christian Brown, Akbaji, those go, those guys were both really good. Um, but I don't know. I, I I'll throw some names out there. I couldn't try to pick one because if I try to think of them all at once, I'll surely neglect somebody else who was incredible. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, a lot of I've got a, uh, a quick Trey Murphy anecdote here, just so you guys know that I don't know everything about basketball. Um, so I was his host at Rice, which he ended up going, but his recruiting like host or whatever. So we played, um, we played like pickup with him and all that. I mean, he was only, you know, six, three, six, four at the time, super skinny. So uh, I may have told the coaches I, I didn't think he could play at Rice, um, obviously. <laughs> You know, wow. now he, he he grew to six nine. He could always shoot. I mean, he could shoot it then, but like he just wasn't that tall, and he was he was pretty skinny. So that was kind of like why I didn't you know 
where where I was like hesitant in him being good enough to play there. But obviously, you know, he worked hard, grew, and he's. I mean, hopefully, we can get him on the podcast. He's an incredible <laughs> player, really yeah. good dude. I and mean, you can Blake apologize. And I yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't story, think he knows. You know. It's about that, so hopefully he doesn't watch. I hope. I hope freezing cold takes isn't tuned into this podcast. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) that's funny. Uh, Yeah, I almost went to Rice. Actually, I was deciding between Rice and Georgetown. It's a really cool school, but uh, Uh, you made the right choice. Yeah, to to think uh, he he is the only current NBA player to have spent time at Rice. I believe. Oh wow! Yeah, Uh, yeah. Uh, they, well, we got a couple more on the, the watch list. Drew Peterson at USC was there the year after I was. He's got a chance. He wouldn't be like he, – he'll probably be like a second-round guy. Or, and then my boy Malik, hopefully he gets picked up by a team. He was playing well at Summer League. Oh, we got to get him on here. Dude, That's Malik is the man. I love yeah, that dude. Yeah. Played at, He started at Florida State the last three years, so good dude. Wow. That's sick. Those are some those are some great answers to the to the questions. But but before we wrap up, do you guys have any uh, any any social medias you want to shout out? Um, where can they where can the audience find you guys and and uh, as you kind of pick up the ninety four feet hoops and then even your personal stuff too? Yeah. Um. So our Instagram is at ninety four feet slash. Uh, I mean underscore hoops. Um. The number is ninety four. We didn't write it all out. Um, Miles is kind of handling the Twitter side of things. And then personally, I'm just at Blake.Buchanan2. Um, so we're, we'll be sharing all our different, you know, films some training videos, links to this podcast on here. And I mean, I'm really excited about the, the crossover aspect of it because I mentioned earlier, like, whatever you like about basketball, we're going to provide it. Um, but there's a lot of things that can complement each other as well. You know, like, hey, train a kid go watch this film breakdown that miles did. So we're all kind of like pitching in together and mm-hmm. hopefully covering all the bases. Yeah. And then uh, my, the Twitter accounts, the same thing. And then my Twitter's miles Lester 23, uh, not a big Instagram guy. So don't need anyone following me on there. Um, the last <laughs> thing that I'll kind of say is like, as far as 94 feet ho- um, hoops goes, like, I think one thing that, you know, at least I would enjoy doing just like having more college people that, you know, bring something that we don't bring to the table into the fold. So like how, you know, we kind of brought you guys into the fold. So if anyone out there, you know, has something that they're passionate about, like whether it's like analytics or something like that, that wants to, to get their stuff out there and, you know, use what we can do to help, um, you know, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on Instagram. We'll see how, how we can make something happen with us. If we were too prideful to recognize that we need help with things, we'd be the two idiots here trying to create a podcast <laughs> without Connor and Connor, and it would not be going well. So definitely hit us up or we'd be happy to talk with anyone who has something to provide. Appreciate right, man. We appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of space to RBA podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Uh, if you like this, uh, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple podcasts. I think we're on audible too. I found out. Yeah. Um, and our Instagram is space to floor podcast and our Twitter is space to floor. So thank you very much. And uh, have a good day. My name is Connor Gillen. I'm Connor Flannery. And see you next time. Peace.